This is the Football Pink Podcast. Uh, my name's Scott Parr. I'm joined by Simon Parr once again. And we have a special guest today. We mentioned it on the last podcast. We have a Simo's friend, Neil, from the UK, um, who is the chairman of Mersey Rail. Ladies, welcome, Neil. How you doing? You okay? Yeah, good, mate. Yeah, good, good, good. Uh, good morning. It is a good morning. Yeah, it's yeah. A, uh, a late morning here now after being up nice and early watching the Reds. Yeah, it's been a good night. Uh, you know, we got a result. It's all that matters. That's it. So, Neil, Chairman of Mersey Rail, led, uh, Mersey Rail Ladies, sorry, um, tell us a little bit about it. Well, Mersey Rail Ladies is the first ladies football club um, in the UK who are not affiliated to a men's team. So we've got our own stadium in Toxteth in Liverpool, Liverpool 8, for those out there who know Liverpool. Um, we were part of Bootle men's team, but obviously Mersey Rail, being a big company in the centre of Liverpool, wanted to... Uh, take ladies football to another level and by doing that they were doing it uh, by a non-affiliation to a men's team how long ago was that when they split up separated out about 18 months ago okay are you finding that more often that ladies side are becoming their own entity instead of being a or a a spin-off or or any more followed suit i guess because if they were the first 18 months ago were there any any I guess you've been watched really closely by other clubs, how successful you are and that kind of thing. Well, as I, like anything, these things take time, don't they? So, um, you know, we've got a five-year plan in place and we're trying to run uh, the club like a business um, as opposed to just, you know, people's hobbies, which it is, of course. Um, but in saying that, you know, it's, it's going to take a bit of time, uh, but it's good fun, uh, which is the most important thing. Um, the girls are good and we're looking to actually build a club culture based around um, developing young women. So not necessarily eight, under eights or under tens, but 12, year, 12 years and upwards. Uh, and actually working with those girls to become coaches because in any country, um, Australia, UK, there is a shortage of female coaches. So we've got a number of seniors now who are looking to do the coaching badges. So we want to be a club that not just develops young women, but a club that develops female coaches. Um, because in the future, that's really what we're going to be looking at rather than uh, male-dominated managing at the top level of the women's game. It needs to be female-led, basically. Well, I've seen it more women coming out um, in the game, um, punditry. Um, we had the first female referee doing the Super Cup through the year, and it, uh, it won't be long before you see the first women first-team coach in Europe somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, what people don't realise, particularly in the UK, uh, during the First World War, when the, when the guys went off to war, uh, women's football was massive. So in 1919, uh, I think it was Preston North End ladies played St. Helens at Goodison Park with 53,000. Now the the men's team at Goodison only get yeah. 35,000 now. now. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I think probably better th- football back then as well. Probably, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, so it was huge, and uh, obviously it was then banned for 50 years when when all the guys come back and saw that women's football was big. So it's really. What goes around comes around, I think. You can't compare the two. We're, you know, we're, we're, well, we're, they're different games. Well, they've got to be seen to be different yeah, games. Wise enough to understand that, the physicality of things. But, you know, at a lot of levels, you know, some of the girls could actually um, uh, uh, play football with the guys and, and do very, very well. Most well. of them do at a young age anyway. They first start playing with the boys, don't they? That's right, yeah. It's mixed so they, um, yeah. Well, like I said, I listened to a, a podcast with Jamie Carrigan, Steph Horton, I think her name is. She's the Man City in England. Yeah. Um, and she was basically saying um, they shouldn't, you know, she likes to think she's getting a chance to be a pundit because she's a good pundit, not because she's a woman. 
Correct. Can we say, um, you know, the referee has said, refereeing the Super Cup, she should get that chance because she's a good referee, not, not because, because she's of a agenda. Woman. And to um, be fair, she did very well. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> she did, although she did give a penalty away against us, but yeah. she did a great job. And again, yeah. when she still, her, she's not looking to get into management when she eventually retired. She said she was more looking at the punditry, but she likes the idea of, you know, when a referee does come through, or uh, sorry, a coach does come through as a woman, it should be um, the right, the right put. They talked about the um, England coaching job and Phil Neville, these paragraphs, you know, would you prefer a woman? It goes, it's not whether I prefer a woman or a man, it's whoever's right for the job at that single time. I think that's what would be more important. It's got to be the right person, whether that be male or female. Well, it's the same in coaching as it is in business. If you get the right person for the job, you get the right person for the job, regardless of gender, you know, so that doesn't really And matter. if that person's winning your trophies, whether they be male or female, do you really give a shit? Yeah. 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 Mm. And, the, you know, the world's moved on, hasn't it? Thank goodness. That's it. Yeah. Oh, well, well, it's good to have you on board, Neil. Yes, great. Still haven't got over the jet lag, you know, watching the game at uh, three in the morning and one in the morning. I haven't got over that yet. Is that your uh, first experience of an early hour kickoff game or you've done it before in other countries? I've, d- I've done, it in, uh, done it in the Caribbean, but I don't think it was quite so bad, to be honest. Um, but then again, with the jet lag, and we're, we're sort of touring Australia, so happy to be with you guys in Adelaide, and then we're moving to Sydney tomorrow. So you'll be yeah. in Sydney for the derby? Yeah, I'll be in Sydney for the derby. Don't know where I'm watching it. If anybody wants to give me a shout, I will be in Sydney. We'll get in touch with New South Wales boys, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cheers, cheers, I guess. Bar. Cheers will probably have something on, uh, I would have thought so. Yeah, so I'm in Sydney for a week and then over to Melbourne for a week um, before going to Singapore. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good one. It? Yeah, it's a good one. All right then, well, look, before we get started, we're just going to, I'm going to quickly brief on it. Um, we, we all know the Hillsborough um, outcome and, Say, say we're all gutted about it, but um, we're not going to make any comment on it. Um, well, again, really st- any the quick. reality is that we're still under, uh, that there's still more legal cases to go through and anything that's said in any form of social media has the risk of being prejudiced. Uh, if anybody wants to listen to anything that actually hits the nail on the head, Liverpool website, Margaret Ospinall's got an interview. She nails it, as far as I'm concerned. So yeah, that's all we're going to go on that. Um, it was a nice um, little touching thing from the Brighton game overnight for the first six minutes. Um, um, and a few of the banners were nice to see. Um, but on a more lighter note, um, you know, again, everyone's still down considering, you know, it wasn't the best performance overnight in midweek. But a few starts were, we're 11 points clear of City now, thanks. Yeah. Um, we're unbeaten still, we're top in Europe and we're top of the league. Um, I think that needs to basically be at the forefront, so just enjoy it. And people's heads are falling off. We're 11 points clear of City and people's heads are falling off because we had a goalkeeper sent off and we, it was a nervous last few, few minutes. It's and not it so, it game. wasn't uh, just that game though, was it? It's been it, it, midweek, I mean, we'll start with midweek, but even Palace wasn't the best. We'll, we'll, we'll start midweek. I mean, I think it's kind of stemmed from the, look, we always struggle from an international break and we said this last week, um, we do always struggle from an international break. Um, and we've, we we lost that momentum. It's kind of a shame after getting the momentum after City. All of a sudden, we have to go on international break, and we lose that straight away. So come back from Palace, we got the win. Sloppy, but we got the win. And Napoli, um, I think the rap put it best. Uh, we lost 1-1. Um, it was a typical Italian defensive side. Napoli played well, though. They did play very well. You know, and I think... It was frustrating. got to take your hat off to them. They played bloody good. And and did a job. You know, Angelotti's a very good manager. That's where he, he is where he is. <laughs> Correct. And, and uh, people they, they, under, we, you know, 
underestimate them, you know? And, and I think, yeah, if, if especially all that, you know, we talked about the issues we had and we, we both thought we were going to go there, we were going to win um, after the issues I had, but it was like the team came together. Nothing, nothing better than the common enemy to, to rally the troops. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that it's, you know, I'm of a certain age when I remember when Arsenal, you know, went through all that season and even back to the, the other lot down the, uh, the East Langs Road that I don't like to mention, but, um, you know, they scored in the sixth and seventh minute. There was many games when they were really poor, but they won games, and that's what you've got to do. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. You know, that's what you've got to do, and uh, it's like when we go into work. We're not all great when we go into work everywhere. We do have bad days at the office, but if we can do our job and do it quite well under those circumstances, then you've done what you need to do, and that's exactly what we're doing at the moment. As a team, can we be consistently 7 out of 8 out of 10, week in, week out? Yeah, I think, I think we, we haven't been at that level, you know, and there's a, a, a few, certainly overnight, who, who weren't at that level, certainly our front three, you know, and... Uh, Bobby Firmino's, you know, not scored in a little while now. You know, normally he's getting his assists in, but you know, the, the three have sort of gone a bit quiet. Even Mane was quiet overnight. So, um, but that's all right because we won the game and they were quiet. So that means you know it'll be all right next time. Round. Correct. Could yes. you put it to a point where you know people are still waiting for us to have our dip? Um, you say last year we had our dip around this time last year. I think we drew to Leicester after City a drop points chance to go seven points clear. We lost that opportunity. Um, obviously overnight we got that well this um, might be our dip you know look we've got we had the, the poor pal, poor um, not poor result but poor performance away to Palace not the best result midweek against Napoli not the best result overnight but still no, winning it, you know this time last year we were, we were drawing these games and, and if you look at the reverse City were playing poor and winning last season it's ridiculous because you know we were we were amazing last season yeah and we didn't win the league and we're basically shitting ourselves winning the league this year yeah, we, yeah. We're playing poorly. <laughs> well, 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 I don't know whether we are because, you know, wh- when I'm with the lads at home, um, you always take one game at a time. And we've always said that, but we've never quite believed it. We've been looking at it like a game of, you know, a game of snooker. What balls can you hit in front of you? And we haven't this time. I think we genuinely are. It's just this game and nothing else matters. Because there's that many of them and yeah. where we're sat. I, yeah. I agree with you. I, I think, think I think the the fans have bought into that. It's the next game. I know it's a cliche, but you've generally got to believe it. And I think this season we do generally believe it. Uh, nobody's looking at what the third game next is. It's the next one. And obviously we've got uh, the derby coming up. Um, and they'll be right up for it because it'll be their FA Cup final and, and all that sort of thing. So, But, you know, if we turn up, then then we'll be fine. So Gomez started right back against Napoli. Um, I understand it was to give um, Trent a rest. Um, obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of how fatigued he was or if there was a bit of a knock. Um, but the fact that Gomez started, just it just it just killed us and attacked in it. And I think the fact that you play Gomez, but you still play the fr- and the middle three of Fabinho, Wijnaldum and Henderson, I think if you're going to... We're going to throw out uh, one of my most attacking players, you need to throw on a Keita or a Chamberlain to counteract that. But... Let's think in terms of you know the bigger strategy on it. Uh, Trent needed a rest. He's still a young player and he's playing an awful lot of football and you don't want to burn him out. We've got a long season ahead still. He put in some good deliveries yesterday because he's had the rest potentially. He's he's starting. You know he's played at a peak level with the delivery and we scored goals. So clock. Is proving a point. Yeah, we drew at Napoli, but to be honest, they played Look, well. We all know our priority. We all know our priorities this year, but it, and I'm not saying the the 
the break for um, Trent is a bad thing. I'm saying the shape and then the other players around there, should that be evaluated as well? Like I said, should, do we throw an, another attacking player into the middle because we're missing one? Well, I think with Joe Gomez, you know, he's been going through a couple of issues with the Sterling thing. So obviously that's been highlighted. Um, he's come on and played right back. And he, know, I mean, he's it, a very adaptable player, but he's not a right back. No, is he's he? a you know, when he played centre half with Van Dijk, he was sensational. So he's coming back for injuries. He's, he's got highlighted over this, uh, uh, you know, incident, which in my day happened all the time, but now it seems to be highlighted Social media, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, he's under the spotlight a little bit, playing what is out of position, um, but he's getting game time. That's what Joe needs. He needs to play football. Well, do you think that? Um, if that was a normal performance, if we had, a, a, you know, your typical traditional left and right backs that just sit, it would be, an, a, you would think of it being a good performance by Gomez, really. Correct. Because defensively, he was, I mean, look, going forward, he wasn't the best, but defensively, but as a defender first, he was sound. Yeah, traditional fullbacks, defend first. We think he had a bad game because, you know, his deliveries were poor, he wasn't getting high enough. Every time he got the ball, his instinct was to go backwards. Or sideways. But once again, he was, you know, he's coming back from a very, very right, serious yeah. injury. And, you know, we, we have a very high expectation of everybody, particularly yeah. Joe, because what he did before the injury, you know. Do you think that then put more pressure on Robbo? Because I thought Robbo looked really tired last night as well as um, against Napoli because everything went down that side. And you think even, you think Salah was a bit quiet during the, um, the break, sorry, against Napoli. But that is maybe because we didn't have the attacking force. Yeah, but again, Robbo has had it because of the injury, had a game out as well. I think, you know, he's trying to give the players a rest where and when he can uh, with everything lining up. I, th- I didn't think Robbo was that bad last night, if I'm, I'm honest. Not I'm not, I'm not saying he was bad, I'm just saying he started to, I'm not saying he was bad at all, he started to maybe look a bit leggy, that's all. Yeah, as did a lot of them. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, and a lot you, of them did. A lot of them and were. you're down to 10. But that's from yeah. also Robbo being maybe, oh, normally, you know, they use a bit of both sides, but he was a, he was used 90% of the time in our attacking phases during Napoli because we didn't have that. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. He was, yeah, because we were one-sided going forwards. Oh, oh. Exactly. Very one-dimensional. Gomez will only get better the more he plays. 100%. Football, you know, so. 100%. So, he's, the fu- he's the future centre-half next to Van Dijk. We all know that. It's just a case of when that yeah, happens. Yeah. That transition will happen over the next couple of years. Yeah. We'll go on to the Napoli goal. Um, first thoughts, was it a foul? Neil? Uh, yeah. Um, if you looked at VAR, uh, Merton's uh, eyes were not on the ball. It was on the man. Um, yeah, people say, well, Merton's is only like two foot six. And, Doesn't matter if you get and, on. And Virgil's. But the fact, the fact that he intended he was, he was looking at the man and not the ball. And Virgil was up in the air. If you're in the air and you get a nudge, you're going to go. I mean, I think, I think it's more consistency. There was um, Real Madrid versus Dortmund. Um, Real Madrid actually got a player um, sent, uh, their keeper sent off and a penalty um, in, the, in the group stage games the day before. Um, but then having looked at the build up to it, they go. They went back to a push. That then, if that was given, obviously, then the whatever happens after doesn't happen. So then the red card got rescinded. There was no penalty. That's it was right. a free kick, and that was a lot less than what happened. Yeah. So it's more the consistency that you're looking for. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was a free kick. I was surprised that the VAR didn't call it. If I'm honest, I thought it was. I thought it's, it was for a me, it's still a worry that we were still 30 yards away from yeah. him. And I, the way I see it is that the way. Allison reacted and the way Mertens reacted, they expected it to, because they knew it was going to go to VAR. Um, I think Mertens kind of just hit it in a way that, you know, I mean, it's, there's only one area he's going to score that goal and it's in that corner. But the way he hit it, it's more like, there's a chance that this goes to VAR and it's probably not going to count anyway, so I'll just 
If yes. he thinks too hard about it, he maybe misses. The real frustration is if, if it was actually Degsy Lovren that got hit and injured at that point, Van Dyke would have stopped it in the back line. But it's the other way around and it doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is what it is. And um, I, I just go back to the, the old way of refereeing. And that is, you, you know, the, the referee's in front of him. He's, he's, he's not looking at the ball. He's looking at the player. He's going to nudge him. Yeah, so it's full of intent. Therefore, it's a free kick. And the referee even go look at it. Yeah, how you know? Well, they don't do they? Yeah, and, they and they should. Really. In Europe, in Europe, they do though. In Europe, they do. Okay. Not they obviously didn't in this instance, but in Europe, they normally do. Well, in I, Germany, they do, but they don't seem to be doing it in Champions League games, Europa games, or whatever. So you know, once again, it's not consistent. Um, but you know, it's done now. There's nothing we can yeah. do about it. I'll just put it back on record again. I fucking hate VAR. Shouldn't mm. be there. Get it out of the game. Yeah. So, you yeah. know, we talk about that and we say how we don't want players to go down. Um, obviously, Mane's been, he, he probably did go down a bit easier earlier on in the game. But there was a thing there where Salah was literally getting grabbed it's by the throat. And they say they don't want players to dive and go down. However, if Salah goes down there, it's a penalty. We can all be 100% oh, honest. Yeah, 100%, he was yeah. all over But him. the fact that he stood on it, stayed on his feet. And the thing is, for Salah to go down there, it's not enough for him to go down. So for him to go down, it will need to be somewhat dramatic and theatrical. Yeah. And everyone will be like, oh, he fell over. But these things aren't getting picked up. And until they start getting picked up before players go down, it's not going to change. And, and you don't have to go to ground to be impeded so she can't get to the ball. You know, you, he's got his arms around his neck, stopping him turning, doing anything, moving towards the ball. And it was Cooler Barley, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, so let's be honest, it's a big bloke who's got his arms all over your neck. So... Yeah, it doesn't matter that you you don't go to ground. He's stopping you getting to the ball and doing something to the ball. It's a penalty I think all day long. I think what's quite clear this season is now, now we're European champions. Um, we don't seem to be getting a great deal off these European referees. Refs, yeah, yeah, I don't. You know, you can just say, "Oh, that's just sour grapes, Neil." But but it's not. If you just look at every game, it seems to be weighing. With the opposition. And it's funny you say that because everyone's, I mean, more um, in the, the Premier League, but people are looking at going, how lucky are they with all the things they're getting? But I think if, um, I think the, um, there was actually a table going, if, if all your VAR res- results are in a table, we're not even in the top five. So everyone's saying how it's lucky Liverpool, this, that and the other. But you think, you're thinking about it, I think you're spot on there. I think because like you said, we are who we are now. We are yeah. this big club. We're not actually getting the rub of the green with the, 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 the calls. Yeah, we, we have to, you know, that like comes a, with that comes like, with um it's like anything else you know we used big. to call them lucky Arsenal we used to call them lucky United and you know um, you make your own look you make your own look you know the harder you work the luckier you become um and you know F- we find enough, ourselves champions are always seen to be lucky yes yeah, funny that isn't it yeah weird yeah yeah so we we say this time and time again when we're one down if we get one we'll get two and I was I was adamant that if we could get just the one the breakthrough goal because they were sitting deeper and deeper and it was although we weren't playing well we had all the possession it was a tap versus the fence we get the goal off a set piece um, from Lovren of all people and I, I, I expected us to get go straight away and the crowd be then get raring to go but then the five minutes afterwards they seemed to have a lot of possession which then just killed it again listening to various people uh, who were at Anfield for the game, uh, have said the atmosphere was the strangest European said it, night. Said for it was a, flat. Yeah, uh, just like almost that the crowd are turning up and expecting it 
Napoli to roll over and it just to happen. Because we're European champions. Because you got to remember, a few years ago, we weren't making Champions League. No, and every every Champions League night was a special night, no matter who came to... It's, it's almost like, we're Liverpool now. We're not really that arsed about the Champions League until we get... We're too get, big for it now. We've won it. We've well, made think, the final two years in a row. We've won it. You know. I think it's more... Uh, once we get out of the group phase and we get into knockout, then we'll kick in as a crowd. When we but get un- the bigger teams. Yeah, but until that happens, well, we'll, we'll just roll everybody over. So it's, it's, it's like playing in a League Cup kind of thing. And... Every, one guy I listened to and he basically said oh, give up me uh, me ticket in the cop and went and sat in the Annie Road end he said it was dead weird everyone was sat down and he, you know, he said to the one next door it's like is it normally like this on a European night he said no, no. It's like, it's, and he said he, he was looking at the cop and from the Annie Road end looking at the cop he said it looked flat Yeah, and it, it sounded flat yeah and, and if the supporters are like that we can't complain when the team's like if that. If you think back to the Napoli game last year, where there was, and obviously there was more on the line last year, but there was the booze, the hissing, um, couple yeah, needed to win. It needs it to be shit house, shit house and gnarly. This, this is a European team coming to Anfield. It's got to be full of shit house by the players and by the supporters in the crowd. So, Neil, I'll come to you with this. Um, we've got to go to Salzburg and now a point will see us go through because that's a point will see us go through second because Napoli will beat Genk. Um, so a point will see us go through second. A win will see us top the group because we're still at this minute in time top of the group. However, we have given Salzburg the chance to play their cup final and knock out the European champions. Are you a bit worried? Uh, yeah, because we played extremely well at Anfield, to be fair. Probably the best attacking team I've seen at Anfield mm. for a little while, um, to be honest. And um, so I think it's going to be a difficult one, particularly at that time because we've got the games coming thick and fast. And... Um, Good team, Salzburg, and at their place, they'll they'll be uh, thinking well, they, can, say, is, they it, can do a job. This is know? their cup final. Yeah, do a job. Um, I think it'll be a draw, personally. I'd say, if I, if I could offer you a draw here now, would you take it? Yes. I would. Yeah. I, to be honest, um, I don't care who we get in the next round. I think we could beat anyone. If you think, you know, PSG and... Um, what's it called? PSG and Bar- uh, Real Madrid in the same group. There's Inter Milan, um, Barcelona... And British Dortmund all in the same group, so you could still finish um, top and get a Real Madrid. The Real Madrid are going to finish second in their group, so I don't care who we get. To be honest with you, I mean the thing is, is that you've obviously asked the question about Salzburg, but nobody's actually thought about it yet because we've got a game against the uh, the Blue Noses on you know in the week. So once again, you know who knows what's going to happen between now and then and Salzburg. You know, in the meantime, we've got. An extremely important game, certainly for the other lot, you know. And no, uh, then we have two games until we play Salzburg. We then we play midweek, then back on the weekend, don't we? Yeah. yeah. So once again, it's too far away, Salzburg. Well, I think of the uh, speaking of the blue noses, that game going into that, I just look at that and think, could it be any more perfectly set up for the front three to actually explode, kind of thing, because. They do need goals. I mean, the last two games we've been helped out by you know our two centre halves for yeah, goals. Yeah. Uh, we're now without Allison. You know, I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think it's. Yeah, you know, I think Adrian will come in very well. Yeah. And you know, it's under the lights, late kick off, Anfield. I think there's going to be a far better atmosphere. And from they'll the be crowd. dreading coming towards. They will far better atmosphere oh, than the Napoli game. Yeah, it's Derby Day. At Anfield, under the lights, midweek, and we're 11 points cleared of City. They're languishing somewhere way down, down. So just a quick question. Um, we, say, we say the word momentum a lot. Um, now, people saying 
Salzburg beating Napoli was a chance to, for Salzburg to um, have an, a, a night off type of thing, th- give it to the younger lads. But is it not a thing with we? Obviously, we might not play the start in eleven, but keeping momentum going. That going to Nap- um, Salzburg and needing a win or needing a result, make sure the boys are still playing. We used to call it like the international break, killing momentum. So if we just keep winning, keep winning. Having to go to Salzburg and win. If you even if we had beaten Napoli and we throw the resis in against Na- um, Salzburg and lose, but then the week after, do we lose that momentum? If you can kind of see where I'm coming from. Yeah, I mean, it's once again, it's, it's looking too far ahead. If if you look at the next six games. Um, in the next like th- two weeks yeah. <laughs> it's crazy um, isn't it <laughs> you know will we win them all uh, probably not but could we get 15 points absolutely yes um, so th- that's as far as you think about it when you look at it as a block but once again it's I'm, I'm not bothered the only thing that matters is Wednesday yep. especially with the team we're playing well again I like you're saying there looking ahead at the block and will we win them all probably not so let's draw against Nap against uh, Salzburg and win the rest. Well, say if you, if you know choose, what I mean. If you if you look at the six block of games that we've played, Brighton's the end of that six block. If we were going to draw one game, you, you'd say Napoli, absolutely, and win all the league games, which we've done. And I would suggest that's exactly what's going to happen. I mean, with the derby, you know, form goes out the window. I don't particularly like derbies. To be nobody likes derbies. No one likes. Derbies. I used to as a kid, but I can't be doing with them now. I think we should all just go to pub and have a pint. I think the honest. problem with the derbies is everyone just gets nervous because we've won. So many bloody derbies. And at some point, that run is going to end. And, and I think you, it's also, I think it's also going to be different because if 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 Everton get a bit of an idea off of Leicester, there might be a bounce. Um, and the the talk is, and it's just purely rumor, not that I'd really listen to it. But if if he, if Silver goes, Moisey's set to come in, and mm. then you'll have a bit of a a, a G up. And is, I don't, will that happen in the space of they play obviously Sunday? So that's only it could do. You know, in the space of two days, will they yeah, do if that? Leicester turn Everton over. Badly, yeah, mm. I, I can see it happening. As you say, it, you know, we, with uh, recent events with Mourinho, all signed, sealed, and ready to go. Mm. Yeah. When the time was right, it was a lot quicker than I expected. And Everton, have, you know, you think of the past two years, um, two years ago, they they got a point. Then we beat them in the FA Cup like the week after, but we, they got a point um, last season. They really should have got a point, unless for Jordan Pickford having short arms, <laughs> but. <laughs> They're, they're, they're what a co- terrible thing to say about England's number one goalkeeper. <laughs> what, that he's got short arms? Yeah, that's right. He has. <laughs> <laughs> Just a statement of fact. Yeah. <laughs> All right, no. moving on to... T-Bop was in the right place at the right that's time, it. man. Yeah. We're going to move on to um, this morning's game, and I'm going to start a petition um, that John Joe Shelby gets knighted. I think that's a very good idea. What and a screamer of a goal. Before we even play, we come into the game knowing that we can go 11 points clear, and it's very similar to... Last season, like I said earlier, where we, we went into Leicester knowing a win would see us go um, seven points clear at that point. I mean, Now, then that, that's it. is that the difference between this season and last season that we were able to take this opportunity? I just think it's got to be soul-destroying for the Man City supporters having watched De Bruyne put that screamer in away, yeah. and thinking this will put pressure back on Liverpool and then Shelby does that. And you well, it's think, the same kind of what happened with us at Palace last week. Um, we, we went one a up, then they got one back. Then towards the end, you know, they, they get the goal late, but we, we, we were able to bounce back. They, was, they weren't. Um, I, I think psychologically we are a far better, stronger mentally team than City are this year. And, you know, I, I've said it all along. The, for me, the difference is 
the dressing room and the whole thing with the company thing. They've not replaced him with the kind of... Well, yeah, it's a leader, isn't it? Yeah, you know, out and out. You know, out on and what out. point do they throw away the league, but what point do they really start taking their focus off the league? Uh, just after Christmas. Yeah, I mean, nobody's won, you know... I'm not saying it. we're going to win it uh, now, but I no. think... Nobody's won anything in Do December. they get through Christmas and the points gap is still the same? Or maybe a little bit shorter with us having games in hand and going, let's be realistic here. Well, don't okay. forget, City can go on a run and go and win eight, nine games. Or you know, 16, not, which they did last year to yeah, win the league. Yeah. But, to be, but there's the difference. If City go on, or win every game to the end of the season now, we're capable of doing the same thing. We've got to drop three or four games for them to win the league. Yes, we can. I'm not saying, you know, but it's different to last year because if they won every game to the end of the season and we won every game to the end of the season, they beat us by one point. And and it was a completely different scenario coming out of Christmas. We come out of Christmas this year with the points gap we've got. Psychologically, it's a completely different ball game and we are well in the driving seat. I'm not saying we're going to win this, but I'm saying it's... yeah, it's the best opportunity we've had in a long, long time. But I go back to the point that I made. You know, we talk about having a dip. Um, we might be having this dip, but winning football games. Yeah. You ever thought so? Because in the past, you know, I mean... Back in the 70s, Well, last season we, we drew to West Ham and Leicester in the space of a week. Yeah. Um, and we dropped four points. And that was our blip. And, that, and you could say that was our blip. And we could afford to have that blip now and still be top. But... We might have had our blips and well, just managed to we score. Lost, we, lo- we lost one game last season and drew three, if I'm correct, or three or four, if I'm correct. Now, so that's five games in total where we've dropped points. You know, we are now 11 points ahead. You know, we've lost one in the past two seasons now. You know, how are we gonna, can you see us losing three or four? I can't, not at the minute. I can, I can see us drawing a few. Yeah, I, I can see us losing. I can see us yeah. losing because there's going to be a time where we we, we don't we don't get lucky because they could, Brian could have easily got a goal last night. Let's but, be honest. But City are now proving that they're fragile at the back, hundred percent. Yeah, I mean the thing is they've got Stones, who's obviously a very good player, but he, he's a little bit like Chris Smalling at United. He has got one big cock. And he's, he, I think game, he's a confidence you know? player as well. Yeah. And again, I don't think it's like we've got Degsy. Degsy's got a cock up in him in a game. But he's playing alongside Van Dyke. Yeah. Stones has got a cock up in a game. And Otamendi's dog shit. Who's he playing with? Oh, Take is, your pick. He, he is crap, Otamendi. So, so Stones hasn't got that leader. I mean, alongside Laporte's him. still out as well, and he's a, you know he's a good footballer, uh, yeah. but he's still out. And yeah, he's, he's not. How far out is he? Paul be back in New Year. Yeah, New Year he'll be back. So if if they manage to drop a few more points before the New Year, that's what I, mean. I can. You know, I don't think I still don't think we'll come the season unbeaten. I still think we could lose. But then I also still think City could lose and all. I can yeah, see City yeah, losing more yeah, games as well. Yeah. Let's get on to last night's game. Um, it was, I, th- I found it quite weird because we found ourselves two in a lot out of the blue after not playing very well. And I think it was a weird way of going, well, let Brighton go, but we don't want to keep coming and get battered. Four or five. But Liverpool will go, okay, we're two nil up, but we want to rest our legs. So there was kind of this level playing field after we were 2-0 up. We never really kicked on, but, you know, it, it, but it enabled them to somewhat stay in the game. Because we were poor all Well, Brighton game, played really. well, you know. They 100%. 100%. They played, played well and, you know, they won't get relegated. You know, where are they now? They're about 13 or I something. Think, um, they won't get relegated. Yeah, they played they, extremely well. Um, we, obviously, we, we were aware that City just dropped two points. We thought, well, if we turn up, we get to 2-0 
And you know what? We switched off. And that's the mentality thing. It's just, it's human nature in some respects. Um, and we just switched off and people weren't at the right levels, really. I mean, I, yeah, we were too up. But I don't really think we deserve to be too no, up. We, we, we didn't we open were, them up. No. We didn't open them up. They, they were two set pieces. They were playing very well through the lines, through the middle, yeah. breaking us down. Yeah, they were... And their one-touch passing, we we were said on the run to half-time that some of their th- through-play intricate one-touch passing... I really rated their... Um, I can't remember his name, but he was the 19-year-old up top. Oh, he was um, great. Yeah, he was good. Although he was, he was offside. Ro- Rooney lookalike. You can tell he's yeah. raw. He's very raw. Who was the other lad? Posse? 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 He was excellent. Posse, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he, really, um, really good. He kept running offside a little bit. But boy, and he was, was getting he frustrated fucking, with it. But boy, was he a little fucking pain in the arse. Oh, yeah. And, uh, it's like a, 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 a Jamie forget, Vardy Don't forget the Australian goal. It was sensational first half. Yeah, it's, well, you Matty Ryan, the Matty Ryan, minutes, Matty Ryan was on you can fire. Say, you can say yeah. that we didn't play well, and we were only we know we we were tuning up unless we deserved it. But you know, there was at least two other chances. You know, the, the Mane one, which he yeah. probably should score. Um, the he got down to Firmino, shot at nil nil early. You know the. A different keeper, a keeper not yeah. on, a, on his day. We could have been four up at our time. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I think the same is what you say. Uh, mo- most goalkeepers get the most man of the matches at Anfield. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. sure that's a fact. It's, and if it is, they it's wanna, about right. They get the roar from the cop. They, yeah. get, they get an applause from the cop and yeah. they, they puff the shoulders out and play really bloody well. You well, look at Norwich on the opening day where um, we they they played well, Norwich, but we were four up at half time because we took those chances. Um, and we didn't necessarily play well. I just think last night we didn't take those chances, so we were only two nil up, and obviously they were two nil up. You still in the game? I would think. Yeah. We, well, I mean, third the, game. So the third goal was crucial, and we just never got it. Yeah. I mean, as Simon said, you know, our front three are not doing it. We always said if if one of them's not, you know, doing it, the other two can help. At the moment, we're getting a bit out of money. Bobby's not firing. Salah's definitely not. Salah's still carrying. Yeah, he's carrying enough. But, but it goes back to your point. At some point, these lads are going to wake up as a three and absolutely blow people away. And and our blip will be over. Yeah, I know it'll be a perfect time to do that over this Christmas break. Well, the we'll see. for the me, F. like I said, we, you know, talking about before, if we blitz this Christmas break and we're still, you know, eleven points clear, getting the other side of Christmas, I think this league's done. Um, but we have to get the other side of Christmas, so I think it's perfect timing for us to get through the other side of Christmas. Um, I think we just need to beat the blue shirt on the Wednesday. Yeah. Yes, and that's, that's it. That's all they need to focus nothing towards else now. Matters. Really, yeah. it does nothing. And else I think that they one have each off the front three will do me nicely. Thank you very Them much having indeed. that extra or us having that extra day off is huge. I think absolutely huge, especially because how exhausted we are and it will be. And um, them having to travel to let I mean, look, let us not that far in the big scheme of things. It's far enough. It's but it's, but it's a place to get to. It's far enough. You get it, Amarin. Yeah, exactly. It's a long way home. But they yeah. have to travel. I mean, everybody's saying that Everton's going to do us a favour. I've seen a couple of posts there where they're saying, you know, well, they might lie down so Liverpool don't get the points. I'm going, oh, hey guys, it's only the first of December. You're lying down already. Yeah, you know. Ain't well, they're, 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 Ain't they're, the best thing they've done this decade is um, allow them to drop us to drop points at Goodison last year. That's the best thing that's happened to them this decade. I t- and they tell us about it often enough. Exactly. Day. So Ox came in, obviously we know Fabinho's going to be out for at least four to six weeks, of six to eight weeks now. He's going to miss around 10 games, basically out till the new year. Ox came in, didn't really work. But I don't think it didn't work because a technical, a tactical point of view, it didn't work. I just don't think it worked because everyone played poorly. Yeah, it yeah. was flat. Everybody was flat, you know. And so it, it wasn't like it was a manager, the manager's decision that was wrong. It was more like said... Yeah, just everything. we've still got to give Ox time to get fully match fit as well. And, he, and the only way he's getting that is game time. And let's be honest, he's played more for England than he has for Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, so we've got to give him chance, and it will come. But it, but sometimes when you're going through the process of rehabilitation, you'd have a good game, then you have a not so good game. I'm not yeah. saying he had a bad game. No, it's a, it's a mental thing as well because you know if you're out for so long, it takes it takes probably that length of time to get back. Doesn't it? So if you're out for a year, it's going to be really really tough. Um, but once again, I think everybody was flat. Um, but hey, we won the game. No, it was a bit you know a bit yeah. nervy towards the end, like but. <laughs> just a bit, a bit. Yeah. but again it's one of those where look, of course you're nervy but if you actually look back on the game apart from the um, Adrian almost spilling the ball they really didn't do anything they just had a lot of possession uh, Mui had a really good shot that that was saved yeah exactly but it was Aramoy it was from outside the box they I mean everything really was in down. front of us he never got beyond us yeah you know, that's they, true they never got around the back at all that's what, again that intricate interplay through the midfield was really good but once it hit the back line yeah. it didn't it I didn't heard something really good actually go beyond we, we that were, we were good in our box um, we were decent we were good in our box we were decent in their box and they were really good in between in the between boxes, boxes. Um, they were really good at, um, in between but we couldn't yeah. they, but they didn't have it's not like they weren't good enough they just have the quality to break us down I mean the thing is normally when we've got that three in midfield the intensity of those three is very high and they were flat so therefore you know the simple straight balls were getting in, getting into in between the lines Is it a Fabinho thing that we, we miss having that player that that breaks up that intricate play through the middle, puts his foot on the ball and puts it back on the front foot really quick and he's very, very hard to replace? Well, the answer to that is yes, but you know we've got the quality and the depth in the squad now where that shouldn't really be an issue. i say, of course, everyone is not as good when they're missing their better players. City are showing that themselves, missing Laporte, they missed De Bruyne. Um, you know, if Messi's out for Barcelona, they're not on the same team. When you're missing your better players, you're not going to be the, um, as good of a squad or team, but that's what your squad's there for. Um, and we always said that we needed a squad to win this league, and the fact that we didn't buy anyone, um, you know, of course we bought kids, the fact that we didn't do any major purchases in the summer, but it shows that um, Klopp believes in his squad, and this is going to test it now. Be interesting if he does something in January, which he's not normally re- renowned for doing in a January, but it'd be interesting. I've just got a feeling that they might be pulling some type of rabbit out of the bag. And, uh, I, you know, I think they I love it. I think they may well do. But I don't think we'll see the player till the next year. Right. I think they'll might be doing a Kaita job kind of thing where well, Kaita needs to step up. You know, he's, oh, a, he does. He's, a, he's a quality player, but he just hasn't settled. And you know, here's his. I think there's an opportunity for Kaita now. Well, I think you're at the break glass, um, break glass moment for him now. Especially he was going to play anyway, regardless of Fabinho being out over this long um, over this long window of games. He was going to play because we need every player we can get. And I think Shakiri's in that in that part as well where it's a break glass where he's going to get a run of games but he's and just he has to perform but obviously Kaita's ahead on the injury front from uh, Shakiri, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there I mean I might be jumping the gun a bit what's your thought on bringing Lallana on? I thought Lallana would have started because look he's played Lallana in that six role um, in a few games and in, in the Champions League games against Genk and a few of the League Cup and FA Cup games um, so I thought it hasn't really worked with though, has it? It hasn't, but I, would, I thought he would rather go with someone who he's been learning the role than, you know, like anyone. Um, so I thought he was going to start. But okay. I think once again with uh, Adam Lallana, you know, he's, he's what, 30 now? Uh, once again, had a bad injury, coming back, hasn't had a lot of football, coming in, you know, bits and bats. And, uh, you know, he's a really, really good footballer, but he needs to be playing week in and week out, and he hasn't. That's why, you know, you have an high expectation of a, um, not quite an England international anymore, but we have an high expectation. But once again, he's a lad coming back from injury, and he's 30 now, so it's not healing as quick. 
and he's not getting the game time. But you've got to trust in these people. You've got to trust in this squad. Yeah, I guess my shock, or, or my th- not shock, that I would have thought Keita would have been ahead of him in the pecking yeah, I would, order. I would have thought so, uh, yeah. uh, You know, especially as a sub coming on and he's back in training and we needed somebody to unlock, un- unpick the lock kind of thing. But it, again, um, Lon is more the defensive side, isn't he? Where well, well he's moving him into that, but is he? And I also think Keita's got a bit of a... The nasty arse in him he is to, well, he, to kick somebody when they need kicking coming me, to midfield. For me, he's not disciplined enough to play a six. See, I thought Milner would have started yesterday, but obviously Milner will be starting on Wednesday. Yes. Milner's hundred percent be starting wedding. Yeah, you know, so you can see what he was trying to do there. Um, but once again, it was just a it was just a poor day at the office. The we got the three points, and we move on. We forget about it. Nobody will be talking about that game last night in you know <laughs> after, after in two days time. Yeah, nobody, correct. There'll be a much bigger game it. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they might talk about one incident. So yeah. you know, they said Milner. We think Milner will be starting. One person that won't be starting with Allison, who um, will be getting a one game suspension for his red card. Um, it was just a it was just a mad moment, wasn't it? It was. I mean, for let's be honest. Best keeper in the world can still have a fucking brain fart, to be honest. I think it's the only way to so describe using, it. I don't, for me, it wasn't so much of using the hands. I think the brain fart was coming out when he didn't mean to. I think when the ball's coming to him, his natural instinct is to use his hands. It, I think, so it's not that part for me. It's more just the, co- the, co- the coming out part. I don't think he needed I, to. I think but it, got, it goes back to Brighton playing well. You know, yeah. we, we were so high. We were, you got uh, you got Virgin, you've got uh, Lovren, both on the halfway line with the, that Connolly. You had a, a tricky little game, um, and I thought Allison would have come out and actually edited it, and you know he would have put his head down. Probably would have got a free kick for the high kick, but you had to take your chance. But, but he, he did, might have not got that first. That might have well, been his worry. Well, he, he, he did neither, and in the end, he put his hands up and it's his hand, and off you go. So it was the right decision, you know. So I think he got halfway and. Realised he was caught in no man's land and hesitated. Yeah, uh, you know, he did nothing in the yeah, end. Yeah, Lovren was there, and at the point he hesitated, I think he should have backtracked. Yeah, backtracked. Yet he's at risk of a lob and all the rest of it. But if you look, if, yeah, to be honest, he score. Well, we still got eleven men on the park. Yeah. Uh, once, but once he then hesitated and then started going again, then he was n- never going to get to the ball first, and then hence the handball. So. Yeah. One thing for me, which, you know, whether it was intentional or not, as soon as it was given, um, Alison didn't walk. No. He didn't walk at all. Now, I don't know if it was intentional to give um, Adrian time to warm up a little bit, or did he actually have, the, even though it's obviously hit his arm, does he have the ball to stand there and go, well, VAR might look at it and may see a different option? I think it's just a bit of shit house we going on kind of thing of, of we'll just, yeah, we are, we are winding the clock down, even though the clock stopped. If this game stops for three or four minutes while they're doing this, they're only going to add one on. Exactly. So he eventually comes off and Adrian goes in goal. And you know, the first real thing he has to do is, is parry a decent effort by Moy. Um, it, it's a, a save you expect. But uh, for me, it's the way, you know, the way he palms it well out the way. Um, well, he was straight in. The first thing he did was put the ball, put out, the the ball out the net. Put the ball out the net. That's the very first <laughs> yeah, thing he did. You're right, yeah. Totally uh, forgot about that. And on that, you know, Martin Atkinson blew up early for him to 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 actually. Yeah, he he wasn't looking, uh, and didn't see that that he was still on it on his post. But Adrian took way too long setting that wall up, to be honest, and and didn't re- yeah. The game's been stopped for a long time. I think well, you, Atkinson just wanted to take the game into yeah, play you, again. You would think that a, a keeper just coming on, a referee would give him time to settle. And the truth of the matter is, 
you know, this is what referees are doing to us now. You know, it doesn't matter. We've got to win in spite of them. Um, and everybody said, oh, Axon blew his whistle. It was too early. He blew his whistle. Dunk took it. Scored the goal. Crack on. You know, we, he, Simon's absolutely right, you know. He should have got the walls sorted, ready. If the wall was actually in any sort of line, Atkinson would have, wouldn't have blown his whistle. Yeah. Because he wouldn't have done. Um, so for me, it just is what it is. We've just got to be sharper. I the way I, the way I look at it, it's if, you know, if you score a goal and you, you're slowly taking your way back to waste time or whatever, the ref's not going to start the game with you not ready, is he? So that's the way I look at it. He's either going to tell you to hurry up or book you for time-wasting. I reckon, you know, you tell him, are we ready? Are you ready? And if you give him warnings or you book him, you can't, when he's standing on the post, you, you can't, you just can't do that. I think Axon fucked up, to be honest. I 100% think, he I don't think did. he realised he was no. still on the post. No, he, he wasn't looking at him, he had his back to him. As he walked away from the wall. Uh, he definitely Sorry, I've got up. hand gestures here. It's really bad on a podcast because you can't see. But he's walking away from the wall with his back to the wall and blew the whistle because he's looking to see if there's a, for any interference with anybody in or around the box and that kind of thing. Well, you know, it, it's basic stuff, you know. We, we all do it. Stand on the ball, give yourself time to yeah. settle. Let him but have the a word with like, you. The idea is like, you can't go quick unless you blow for the whistle. Um, if, you wait, if you wait for the whistle, you have to let the wall be set and the keeper be ready. Yeah. Um, and for me, I mean... There's it, no it, official rule for that, unfortunately. But it's a yeah. shithousery of like, why were our players not surrounding the referee going? That's what I was going to say. You made that on? point last why night. Why was there no shithousery where four or five players should have been around the referee going, that shouldn't be allowed... Look, that, that's never going to go to VAR because it's not. The, the goal was scored, but at the end of the day... But you can get in that Kinson's ear and point out what a exactly. dickhead he's been and he might actually then, if there's a 50-50 in the box, he might actually blow for a penalty. It's like any eat. free kick, particularly when the goal is coming on. Somebody should just have stood on it and been told to go away and go away and go away. And eventually yeah. take a card if they really had to. Yeah, yeah just stand it. You know, it's basic football, stand on it. Let's get ourselves set. Like I said, then there was that little dodgy bit where he did spill that third thing. I think Lovren expression is the same for everyone where they're literally like, going, oh shit, with their hands on their heads. Yeah, it was a, it was a very nervous moment because he, he nearly, even as he reached out to grab it again, he nearly pushed it over the line. It's like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Liverpool two or three years ago, or even Liverpool last season, draw that game. And I think that's a big talking point takeaway from it. Absolutely, and you know, and, and fair play to Adrian, having had that nervous moment. Beyond that, he was he solid. Of, he made a couple of good saves. Psychologically, he kicks in. He's very solid. And we're all, we're, you know, we're all. We said this earlier on. We're all okay that we're not that he's going to be in for the derby because of the run we had with him. Yeah, and and no one, nobody's no one bats an eyelid. Yeah, well, it's only Everton anyway. I thought it was a great deal when we got him because when he was at West Ham, he was a really, really good keeper and he made some great saves. Especially the, the, the keeping problems West Ham are having at the minute as well. Yeah. I mean, his distribution is not as good as Becker's, of course, but um, you know, he's a good keeper. I'm, I'm not too worried about Adrian on Wednesday. Nor me. Yeah. Nor me. I think uh, we're going to score a few goals on Wednesday. Hope so. And hopefully keep a clean sheet. Hope That'll so. be the weird thing if Adrian comes in now and keeps a clean sheet instead well, of Alisson. Well, it's actually a shout that if he comes in and keeps a clean sheet, does he not keep his position? There has to be a shout for it now. Originally, it was like Alisson's been injured, he comes back in. But if he comes in and keeps a clean sheet, is there not a shout that Adrian deserves to stay? Could be interesting. Well, I mean, as, you know, as, as a team, if you're looking at improvements, yes, we could score a few more goals. Yes, we could be a bit more clinical. Yes, we, et cetera. It's actually keeping the clean sheets is what we need to. Because last season, defensively, we were marvellous. And we seem we're, we're not there yet. Um, but in saying that, we had uh, 
Gomez was great, and then we had Matip, who was sensational, next to Van Dijk. And I think we've missed Matip. Yeah, I agree. Really do. Well, I th- again, I think we've got this millstone round our neck about the clean sheets at the moment, and it needs to be done. And it might actually be handy that if Wahal Allison's out, we get that out of the way. I'd be happy to take that all day long. Yeah, especially on Wednesday night. Yeah, especially on Wednesday. All right, then, well, I think we'll wrap it up there. Been a good 40-odd minutes talking about the Reds. Sounds um, good to me. Say so we've got a um, big game midweek and a big game on the weekend. Just have to keep going. Up the Reds. Well, up the Reds? Up, to the, up the Reds. See you later, lads. And thank you for Neil Cheers. coming in as a guest. Cheers. Take care.